welcome back to another week of the Trauma to Triumph podcast. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in 742 days. I miss one week and it feels like eternity. So I'm so happy to be back. So what did you guys do last week without me? I hope you guys maybe caught up on past episodes. I hope you guys maybe listen to some other episodes or just hopefully you guys just listen to past ones because there's lots of good stuff in in the Trauma to Triumph podcast bank. Lots of good stuff. Um, so this week, let's see, we're in mid-November, beginning-ish of November, and I have been on a financial wounds healing kick because I think it's really important to talk about our money wounds and healing them so we can create a lot of amazing abundance and wealth and legacy. And I hope you guys are following me on Instagram currently because I think I'm dropping a lot of really, really good gems. And I'm actually considering, seriously, seriously considering creating a Healing Your Financial Wounds um, coaching program that will actually be pretty affordable in the sense, well, in comparison to what my coaching program is, my one-on-one coaching program, Trauma to Triumph, because I really think that healing your financial wounds is something that everybody should be able to invest in for yourselves and really change your lives. So if you're not following following me on Instagram, y'all, you're missing out. Go Annabelle.Ingleton. That's where you can find me. I'll link it in the show notes. And so anyway, that's what's going on right now on, on social media. But this week, I am actually sharing a really, really, in my opinion, super intimate episode. Um, I'm not sure what I'm titling this yet because I recorded it a couple weeks back. Um, I actually recorded this on my iPhone, on my voice memos. Whenever I get an idea or not necessarily an idea, but there's a concept that comes to mind that I really feel called to share. I'll record a little voice memo so that I can go back and listen to it and then either write an Instagram post or create a podcast episode around it or just an IG live, something like that, because I never want to miss out on sharing really, in my opinion, um, profitable, valuable, um, whatever gems of knowledge with you guys. So in this particular voice memo that I recorded a couple weeks ago, I recorded it because I actually, I had a bit of like, not an epiphany, but I had this really huge insight into what my internal system was trying to warn me against and trying to bring my attention to. And I broke it down in terms of, um, physical manifestations of, I guess, I don't want to call it, um, I'm going to say that it's a physical manifestation of things that are going, that we're doing in our lives that aren't, that are creating a lot of dysregulation and our parts feel very threatened by the things that we're subjecting ourselves to. And our protector parts are very, very sneaky and they're very, very smart, and they're very strategic, and they do things to get our attention. So I'm going to break down internal family systems to you guys. I have talked about this incessantly. I say wounded parts, I say protector parts, but in this episode, I'm actually going to give you guys a little bit of a breakdown as to what happens in your internal system when there is resistance between your highest self, your protector parts, the parts that put you into a survival state of shutdown or fight or flight, and your wounded parts. So I was going to have my therapist, Tammy Sullenberger, come on the podcast, and she is. She's actually, I think we're scheduled for like a late November recording. But in the meantime, I feel like I'm really called to share this um, internal family systems breakdown with you guys because I've been putting it off and I our, her schedule and my schedule, she's really busy. She's a really amazing therapist and she practices internal family systems therapy. It's, an, it's a trauma-informed therapy that really helps to, in my opinion, get 
to the wounded parts to your protector parts and help heal a lot of a lot of wounds that some other modalities may not get to i do this as maintenance to some of the work that i've already done with psyche and some of the other modalities emdr and things that i've done in the past but internal family systems is an amazing modality or i'm sorry it's an amazing form of therapy it's a theory created by richard schwartz and his basically his theory is that when we um, we all have internal systems and our internal family system looks like when we've experienced trauma our what our psyche does is it fragments it creates it separates and we create our wounded parts we create our protector parts our part protector parts that actually protect our our wounded parts and um in internal family systems are referred to as exiles and our protector parts are referred to as managers and firefighters and then there's also critics and then there's self so you will constantly hear me refer to your wounded parts, your protector parts, your highest self or self. And self is the undamaged part of you, the part that is has wonderful characteristics like is compassionate, is very calm, it's creative, it's confident, it's clear, it's uh, compassionate, has all these words or adjectives or traits that start with the letter C. And what this part of you is your part that's undamaged and it's the part that trusts the world, believes that the world is safe, that everybody has the best intentions. It's very optimistic. It's connected to your intuition. It's the part of you that basically very different and oppositional to your wounded parts and your protector parts. It's the part that you hopefully lead with. It's the part, I believe it's the part that you're born with. It's the part that you're, that is innate to you until, and when you've experienced some type of trauma and then your parts, your internal system fragments into these wounded and protector parts. Well, your wounded parts again, are the parts that are the five-year-old that got you know, maybe abused by dad or abandoned by mom. It's another, it, it, you can have lots of wounded parts, by the way, guys, you can have five, 10, 15, 20, 25, I mean, lots of wounded parts. Okay. And these are all the parts that have been damaged, wounded, emotional wounds, attachment wounds, attachment re-injuries, all of the injuries that you've heard me talk about, your financial wounds, all those wounds. Okay. And then you have your protector parts and your protector parts are there to protect the wounded parts and in internal family systems you're refer they'll refer to wounded parts as exiles because if you think about it they're the parts of us that we tend to be very protective over we kind of shove them down we kind of put them away we don't want to deal with them sometimes we suppress the attributes that come from those wounded parts right and the protector parts are there to protect the wounded part whenever it gets triggered the parts that get triggered in us is our wounded parts so there's two there's um, two main um, parts two main protector parts your managers and your firefighters and your managers are forward-thinking proactive parts of you they're the parts of you that create it what i call and what m- many people in our field therapists and coaches They create these behavioral adaptations. They are the parts of you that are forward-thinking, proactive, think about the future, and they try to prevent pain from happening. They don't want any trauma to happen like the ones that have happened in the past. So they're very preventative. They'll do anything to think of them just exactly like a manager, right? They manage things. They manage manage all your internal system, and they try to uh, do things to stop things from happening in the future. Okay. Now your firefighter parts, if you think of a firefighter, it's a firefighter is a protector part that is when you feel pain now, when your wounded part gets triggered, it's there to help put out the fire, the pain that the wounded or exiled part is feeling. And it's very present moment focused because it's putting out the fire that's happening right now in this moment. And if you think about that, when, what are you going to do to put out the unpleasant emotion that's happening right now like anger sadness depression stress worry resentment fear they're gonna 
do all the coping mechanisms, okay? Firefighters have coping mechanisms and managers have behavior adaptations. So your coping mechanisms look like procrastinating. They look like uh, over-drinking, overeating, over-shopping, overspending, sex, gambling, drugs, alcohol, uh, anything like that. Anything that's going to put putting you in shutdown, isolating you, protecting you, keeping you in bed all day. And so those are, those are the main three parts and then yourself. Okay. So we've talked about self manager, uh, protector parts that are manager and firefighter, and then your wounds slash exiled, exiles part, exiled parts. And your think of your wounds too, guys, they can be any age. These are the parts that were hurt when you were five, seven, 10, 15, 20, 25 years old, and they could be any age. So one thing specifically about firefighters that I really want to take note of and go with me here, guys, like just be curious, be open-minded when I'm talking about this part. Okay. Your firefighter part is very strategic and it's very smart and it's, it, they mean well, your manager and your firefighters really, really mean well. They want to just keep you safe. They want to keep you alive and they want to keep you safe. But one of the, some of the ways that they do this is by, again, coping and then anticipating pain by creating behavior adaptations. But then they also do things to try to really, one of the things that firefighters do is to keep you safe is they really put you in a shutdown state of creating physical manifestations to put you in a really shutdown state. And by that, I mean, they can get you sick. Firefighters have the ability to control all the levers in your body. They can raise your blood pressure, drop your blood pressure, give you migraines, give you allergies, create muscle aches and inflammation and illness. They can create headaches, cramps, um, stomach pain, anything like that. Okay. And they also go as far as being a lot more damaging in creating illnesses, sicknesses, things like that, that are way more damaging, that really, in a really kind of jacked up way, if you think about it, protect you from the world. Some of these things look like cutting. Um, They can create things like anorexia and bulimia. They can make you super, super sick, like give you autoimmune diseases, cancer, um, GI issues, stomach issues, heart issues, and create obesity and anxiety and depression, and even go as far as making parts of you. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go really far, guys, but I want you to be really open-minded. They, I believe that they are the part of you that creates suicide. Okay. Self, your highest self would never do this to yourself. You would never choose to end your life. But when you are in so much pain, when the world looks so, so unmanageable and hard to survive and unsafe, your firefighter will go as far as to say, listen, we cannot handle this world. We just need to go. We just need to end life. Okay. And I realize this may be triggering for you guys. And I'm sorry. Um, I always put um, a disclaimer at the beginning of my podcast episodes because sometimes I'm touching on touchy subjects. And um, if this feels too triggering, um, please shut it off. Come back and listen to this another time or just maybe not listen to this episode at all. Um, But I believe that firefighters are the parts of us that can create people to take their own lives. And if you think about it, it's, it's really in an attempt to stop pain in your mind, in your nervous system, in your body, the pain of mental anguish, the pain of depression, the pain of anxiety. And sometimes they go as far as believing that this is a solution. And it obviously we know that it's not guys, but I I give you this as maybe some sort of um, consolation to make you guys understand that um, somebody that's operating from their highest self, somebody that's, that's healthy and mentally healthy emotionally healthy would never take their own life so when we when you know someone that's taken their own life they're at a place that's really really deep really really down and it's it's almost it's the last resort that they can think of that can create some type of solution to deal with the pain that they're feeling inside okay so i share all this to say that our parts all serve a purpose 
everybody is trying to keep you safe. They're trying to keep you alive. They're trying to keep you away from pain and feeling pleasure for the most part. But our protector parts, our managers and firefighters, they they actually don't want to be doing these jobs. They just want to protect you in a really easy way. They just want to like, I've said this before, press on the gas, I mean, press on the brakes so they can stop you from hitting the car in front of you on the freeway. They want to alert you when you're going to touch a hot stove to, you know, make you not touch it. They want to alert you when there's a dog coming to chase you and you got to run away, or there's a man that looks really scary and they tell you to walk a different way down the street. These are normal things that your managers and uh, and your firefighters should be keeping you safe from. But the sad part is, is that trauma creates a lot of fear in our wounded parts and our managers and firefighters have to go in and really interpret and try to understand these wounded parts that are screaming out things like people aren't safe and the world isn't safe and we you know we gotta we can't be out there and the managers and and firefighters have to like quell that pain of the wounded parts right the exiles and they do this in lots of different ways and they really don't want to they just want to do a normal the normal normal protecting stuff but they've been brought up to do to do different jobs when we've been subjected to a lot of trauma and now they've taken over and they say self well you started running the show you were good in the beginning but listen you've let a lot of bad stuff happen and so we're not going to let you run it we're going to take over and we're going to run the show and what most people with a lot of trauma they tend to be more parts driven instead of being self-led and my goal with my clients is always to lessen the driver the parts that are driving the the car and get you more access to self and the way you can get more access to self is by processing these past traumas attending to these emotional wounded exiled parts loving them giving them the reparenting and the love and the attention that they didn't get when they needed back before they were traumatized or after they were traumatized and once we've processed a lot of this stuff and um, done a lot of work like learning how to regulate our emotions and creating boundaries and creating secure attachment our parts both wounded parts and protector parts they calm down a lot the protector parts stop doing all the protecting and they go and chill out and do other stuff. They do they do the normal housekeeping, right, of keeping us safe. And your wounded parts, well, they're not as triggered anymore. They feel more protected by self. They feel more led by self. They notice and they realize that self, it feels more secure. They are more securely attached to people and relationships. They're able to manage life a lot better, right? They're not coping and self is... Um, has, has healthier relationships. It has better eating habits and making money and relating to the world. And, and it just feels a lot more safe and connected to the world. So our wounded parts are more quiet. The protective parts are more quiet and you have way more self-led energy. I know you guys hear me talk about this a lot. And this is what I'm referring to when we do a lot of this work. I have clients that after processing trauma via the healing modality that I'm a facilitator in psyche that immediately after, I mean, hours, if not minutes after processing past trauma, they feel safer in the world. They feel really calm. They feel really peaceful. They feel really optimistic. They're able to be around people that maybe they weren't able to be around before. And if you think about it, this is because when you process trauma from your nervous system and your subconscious mind and your brain, and it gets kind of shoved out, it gets moved out and processed, right? Emotions need to move through the body and the mind and the subconscious mind. And when they get processed through, your protector parts are more chilled out. Your wounded parts aren't as triggered. And you have way more access to self and self will feel safer with people. They'll feel safer in the world. They'll, they'll start taking action. They won't be scared to start the business or spend the money or be in a relationship or commit or have the baby or lose the weight or wear the clothes or go live on Instagram or, you know, have the baby, just all these things. Right. And I remember sharing this on Instagram today because one of my clients had just called me and mentioned that she had she felt so great after one of our sessions or one of our psyche sessions. 
and this is the result of it, guys. The parts quiet down. Traumas get processed through the subconscious mind and, and the nervous system in your brain. And these parts quiet down and you have more access to self. So I explain all this to say that I'm going to share a clip from a couple weeks ago that I recorded when I started noticing that my firefighter parts act up or they not, they don't act up. They just protect me. They go into serve. They go into protector mode when they notice that I'm not in the healthiest of relationships. This happens every time I'm in a relationship that isn't serving me, that is causing me a lot of dysregulation, causing me a lot of anxiety. And I haven't had many of these relationships, guys. I can probably, I think probably two relationships in my life and including my husband. So maybe three, right? Where, and what's what's interesting is I did the opposite with my husband. Um, With my husband, I overate. And now when my firefighter parts see that I'm in a relationship that isn't really serving me, they tend to take away my appetite. So I'm going to share this voice memo with you guys because I think it's not only is it really introspective on my end because I was able to really acknowledge and see my parts at play. And I felt like when I learned something, guys, I really, I, I think it's, it's really my duty and I feel really compelled to share it with you guys because if I'm experiencing this, if I'm going through this, I... I really believe that there's other people that are going through this and it may not be exactly the same thing, but it's probably something really similar, if not something you guys can relate to. And if I can offer one of you listeners, some type of, you know, like not comparison, but just an ability to kind of see yourselves in me and understand that you're normal that you're perfect, that your parts are just doing their amazing, amazing job of protecting you and trying to keep you safe. And that the world is is still a really safe place, but we just we just have to understand why our parts are doing certain things. I really am always going to do this, okay? So I want you guys to hopefully listen to this um, part with really compassionate and curious um, ears. Um, it was for me, it was a really vulnerable thing for me to share. Um, I think I even cry at one point in the episode, and I'm going to leave it in there because that's. Cause that's just how I fucking do. I'm not, I don't edit a lot of my stuff because it's editing is, is an omission. And I just, I don't want to do that. But I remember getting emotional in this episode because I'm so passionate about this work. I'm so passionate about you guys understanding what's going on in your life right now and how your past experiences have really informed your habits and your behaviors and your thoughts and your emotions and all the other stuff. Because when you understand yourself more, I think it just opens up a world of curiosity and compassion for yourself. So you can, your that critic part of you can kind of quiet down just a little bit and hopefully it can lead you to a lot more healing. Okay. So here's, uh, here's that part of, the voice memo that I really want to share with you guys. And I hope it offers some insight. I hope it offers information. I hope it offers more than anything, understanding within your own parts. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy it. I want to share a, an issue phenomenon or symptom that I noticed has showed up in my life in the past uh, couple months that is very reminiscent of symptomology about of my internal system and my inability to feel safe or there's this level of safety, a level of anxiety and a level of not showing up for myself and being in incongruence or misalignment with my highest self. And I talk a lot about highest self people because when you are your highest self is your undamaged part it's the part that you now have you can get more access to and have more access to once you've done a lot of healing around your wounds and your protective parts aren't protecting those wounds so much and you feel safer you're feeling less activated in certain situations or the activations don't last that long because you have so much awareness around it when they do happen that you can manage it very well, okay? And when you have, when that happens, 
you tend to feel just a lot more peace, a lot more pleasant emotions. There's more calm, there's less anxiety, there's just more alignment and safety. You have more situations where you feel more safe, okay? The world feels like more just kinder, all right? And when that's when that's happening, there's just so much room to grow and create and appreciate and be present, right? Because there's no worrying about the past or worrying and having anxiety about the future. And one of the things that I notice that my we all have internal systems, and our internal systems is capped is made up of your highest self, your wounded parts, and your protector parts. Your wounded parts are just that, the parts of you that have uh, in that are in your nervous system that get triggered, that get activated with outside circumstances or internal proprioception of threat or danger. Your protective parts protect the wounded parts, your exiles, and your protector parts go into action in order to prevent bad or unpleasant things from happening, prevent any things that look like your wounded situations from the past or your protector parts are your firefighters. The first ones are your managers. The second one is your firefighters that go into action to deal with the feelings of dysregulation or emotional pain or um, to, to cope and put the fires out of those, those feelings that don't feel very well and the circumstances that don't feel very well. This looks like procrastinating. This looks like breaking up with someone. This looks like quitting a job. This looks like spending money in order to feel good. This looks like having sex. This looks like overeating. This looks like drugs. This looks like substance abuse in order to cope and numb. This looks like over drinking. This looks like gambling. This looks like anything that's going to give you pleasure right now and take away pain. Okay. And I know, I tend to know what my firefighters do in order to feel pain because I have disorganized attachment style due to abandonment, I will either pump the brake, my firefighter will pump the brake and say, we got to protect ourselves back up. Let's get rid of the situation immediately, break up with someone, go to bed, shut down, stay, protect yourself, don't involve yourself with anybody. Or it manifests in, um, I, a little, I do a little, I used to do a little bit of coping with alcohol. Okay. Drinking wine. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't excessive, but if I felt nervous or very anxious about something, my go-to was my firefighter was like, let's drink alcohol. That's going to make us feel really good. So those tend to be my coping mechanisms. Oh, and I did a little bit of shopping. Shopping used to be one of mine too, and still shows up sometimes. Okay. So, um, and this also looks like guys, and it may, we may forget, um, that this is something that people do, but it's looking for solutions. This is more manager. Um, it's, getting a training course, doing something that we think is going to give us this, this uh, knowledge that's going to take away the discomfort of not knowing or getting, um, um, I see people doing a lot of course, doing, buying a lot of courses and coaching programs and things like getting a lot of certifications and things like this, because we think we're going to feel better once we get that knowledge. And a lot of times it doesn't do the trick because we're looking at an external source to find peace. And typically we have to go inside to find the peace. We have to go inside and say, what's creating the feeling of not good enough, not smart enough, not capable. So that happens to be a very big manager thing. So for me, what I recognized was when I, what my internal system was doing to show me this dysregulation and cope and deal with things and punish me or so to speak. And this is going to sound a little weird, but I'm going to go into detail so you guys can understand what your internal system does so that you can feel the symptoms and physically see what, how trauma is showing up in your life, how your wounded parts, how your parts that need protection are showing up in your life. This is very intentional guys. Our systems are beautiful. Our body and brain and mind are so intelligent they do so in a way, and it looks like this. Uh, trauma creates, I've said this a million times, and I don't care how incessantly and you, how many times you've heard it, I need to say it over and over. Because there's some people who haven't listened to this podcast, haven't heard this, and it's new to them. Trauma creates a bad situation, something that's, let's say something bad that happened, quote unquote. Our psyche turns it into, I am a bad person. 
So trauma creates these limiting beliefs about ourselves. I'm not smart. I'm not beautiful. I'm not wanted. I'm not lovable. I'm not able. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I'm too much. I'm not enough. Stories like this. And those beliefs create very unpleasant emotions like shame and guilt and anger and worry and doubt and anxiety and stress and fear and sadness, depression, things like that. And then those things create thoughts and stories about the world, like the world isn't safe, people are going to hurt me, I can't trust anyone, relationships are doomed for divorce, I'll never be skinny, I can't be a millionaire, educate, I'll never, I can never earn a degree, promotions don't happen, I have to stay where I'm at, all these stories about the world. And then you now choose, your, you now have behaviors based on all those things. And these behaviors will give you a result in your life. These behaviors tend to be coping mechanisms or behavioral adaptations. Coping mechanisms are things that, like I said earlier, will numb or stop the pain or discomfort that you're feeling in the moment. Think of a firefighter putting out a fire. What's going to make the pain go away right now? Or, and your manager is very, think of a manager. They're trying to manage things and prevent bad things from happening and only create good things to happen. But it's all in an attempt to, it, from fear in an attempt to prevent any bad wound from happening like the ones that happened in the past. So it's all fear-based. Your protector and your your protectors, your managers and firefighters are very, very fear-based. And so they'll say, we have to get degrees so that way we can learn and be smart and accepted. We have to lose the weight in order to be wanted and loved. We have to um, not spend too much. Don't overspend because then we're going to be broken and then the world's going to end. So it's very preventative, future forward thinking. And my parts, I've learned my parts so well. And listen, guys, when we have, so now these are the behaviors, right? And now we get results from our behaviors. We have certain qualities that we're now experiencing in our life, whether it's we have a lot of love or don't feel like we have a lot of love. We either have supportive relationships or we have very unsupportive and quote unquote toxic relationships, relationships that make us suffer and feel fearful and pain and things like that. We have abundance of money or we don't. There's scarcity. We're in poverty. We're in destitution. We have really healthy regulated bodies or we don't. We're overweight and very dysfunctional in terms of health. Okay. We have um, high self-esteem and very confident, or we don't. It's it's not. It's very. It's lacking. We have jobs and businesses that we love and thrive in, or we we're in a place where we just hate our jobs and dread going to work, and we feel very unsafe. So these are the typical things that we tend to measure our life around, right? Quality, our relationships, our businesses, our money, our body, how we feel about ourselves, and relationships. And when those don't feel or look the way we know they should be there's a dysregulation right it's not regulated though those systems in our life don't aren't running at their optimal level that's what a dysregulation is okay when you have an when you have kidney failure there's a dysregulation in your in your internal organs right your system isn't going to be running at highest capacity so think about it the same way when your life doesn't one part of your life isn't at its ideal or maximum capacity or running at its optimal level, there's a dysregulation there, right? If you're not feeling pleasant emotions most of the time or constant fear, worry, sadness, anger, there's a dysregulation in your emotional life. So if you look at it from that context, the for me, whenever I'm get, whenever I'm looking at the quality of my life, my daily experience, where there's dysregulation, where there's constant fear, worry, pain, any unpleasant emotions. I know that there, that's a physical manifestation of an internal issue, whether it's a mental, emotional issue that's going on. And I say, great, opportunity. What's, what's, this is a learning opportunity. Something is going on. There's a dysregulation. I need to go inside and say, what's causing this? So I go all, I go backwards, right? This is what I, what I teach my clients to do. This is how, what I'm offering to you to consider. It, we tend to think... It, Consider that, that there's an, it's an internal issue that's causing the external issue, okay? And we tend to think society has taught us that people are fucking things up for us, that our job is the problem, our manager is the problem, our money is the problem, the neighborhood you live in is a problem, the political climate is the problem, coronavirus is the problem, the car you drive is a problem, okay? And I want to offer that your external experience is just a reflection of your internal 
quality of your internal system, of your internal functioning. If you're not having optimal external experience, and that's different for everybody, right? I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you what what should be optimal for you. It's going to be different for me and what's different for you. For me, what I believe is an optimal healthy existence is most of my life being very much in self-leadership, feeling calm and peace, feeling safe in my environment whether it's my home, my work life, my cl- my relationships with my clients, my um home life, my re- and my relationships with people and friends, my relationship with my money, everything is running and feeling at its at its at, at a peaceful safe level. Where I'm feeling fear, when when I'm feeling worry and stress and pain, sadness, I know this is a physical external manifestation of, of and proof of something that's going on inside. So I never say my client is a problem. This client that's going that I'm dealing with, oh my god, they're they're such an issue. They make it really hard to come to session. Okay, that can that could be the solution. That could be a an, uh, a reason. You could be dating someone who's a crazy fucking cheater, abusive person. I will I will co-sign that and say they're a problem. Okay, if I'm working with a client that's not getting results because they aren't doing the work, they aren't contrib- they aren't connecting with me. They aren't being honest. They aren't sharing all issues. They're not applying any of the tools that I offer. They're not taking in and, and you know, accepting my tips and, and recommendations. I'm going to say they're not, we're not in, in alignment and we may not have to, we may not work together, right? But it's not necessarily like the client's really bad. It's like they're choosing not to do it and that's okay. And if someone isn't aligned with what I'm, you're, what you're hiring me for, which is to give you the tools and, and, and information, and you're still not doing it. Well, we may not have um, a cohesive relationship, a, a relationship that's we value each other. And so we may not be a good fit and we have to go, right? So there are people in our lives that could cause dysregulation and they themselves aren't a good fit for us. I will say that. However, when there's a lot of, when it's, this is a constant in your life, when work feels hard, when life feels, when relationships are hard, when your money's fucked up, when your, when your work, when your work relationships aren't healthy, when your body's dysregulated, when your emotions aren't good, when your self-concept isn't healthy, I'm going to probably offer that this is a you issue and we need to go inside, right? And see what's going on because I pretty much feel safe anywhere I go. Life feels very welcoming. It feels open. It feels, I trust, believe, I trust and believe people. I believe that people have the best intentions. It's only when I listen to my intuition that gives me the the knowing and the guidance that this isn't good. This isn't healthy. This isn't right for us. It's, we're not aligned here that I listen and say, okay, we got to change things up. For the most part, I feel very, very, very good with, with most, most of my life situations. I love my body. I love who I am. I trust myself to make the right decisions. I feel very confident in my skills as a coach, in my own business, in my ability to make money. I feel very safe around earning money. Um, I feel like the friendships and family relationships that I, that I involve myself with are very healthy, respectful, considerate, uplifting. My home feels very safe, all those things. So when I'm coming up against things, and I want to offer and listen to this for yourself, if you're coming up against situations where you're having physical manifestations or proof, right, your results, your life, where things are very not safe, not happy, not joyful, not respectful, what's going on that's causing it? So I had an issue where I noticed that when I was dating a particular person, I would not eat a lot. So let's talk about that. Why why wouldn't I feel safe? Why wouldn't why wouldn't I? Sorry, I'm like opening my door to brush my hair. You might be able to hear this, but I'm recording this in my bathroom because I this came up for me and I really didn't want to forget to share any of these concepts. My I wasn't I didn't have hunger when I was dating this person. And when I was in this relationship with this person and I've realized this after doing a lot of work that I did this weekend at my psyche retreat. I noticed that and was honest and, and, and with myself about the fact that I, I did, I have a lot of loss of, loss of appetite when I was dating this person. And when I was with this person, 
what I know about my body is when I'm in anxiety, fear, emotional dysregulation, it shows up in my appetite. I literally get nervous and I don't eat very well. My appetite goes away. This isn't good, guys. Your body needs nutrients. It needs to eat. It needs food to thrive. It needs water. It needs everything. And I noticed that I was causing or my body was giving me signs of a physical dysregulation, right? Guys, when you go into starvation where you're not eating, your body is in survival mode, okay? So that's proof of survival mode, right? Just that in and of itself. Uh, But consider the fact that... so. Because I know these things, I know that if I'm not eating healthy, and normally I have a good appetite, not a big appetite, but I have a good appetite and I tend to want to eat, you know, lunch, dinner, snacks. I graze a lot. I, I love eating. When I'm happy, when I'm safe, I'm, I do eat. I make good choices with food and I just eat really well. So I noticed in hindsight, I was very, very thin when I was dating this person because I wasn't I didn't have an appetite. I would go the entire day and not eat until the evening. And I was like, why is this happening? And I didn't notice it then, guys, but I noticed it afterwards, right? So I'm giving you guys, and this could be the opposite for some people. For some people, it's the complete opposite. I, for me, I don't, I don't have an appetite when I'm in anxiety or survival mode. And for some people, they overeat when they're in survival mode. That's how they cope. So this is what I've been taught through internal family systems, is that our firefighter parts, our protector parts will do things. They have control with the levers of your internal system, of your physical body. This may f- sound and feel a little uh, like, how is that even possible? But just stay curious and consider this for a moment. Uh, that when your protector parts are, your protector parts are there to keep you safe and alive. They are there to put you into fight or flight or that, or that shut down in order to protect you from any potential threat in life. And they'll do this, like I mentioned, in a lot of ways, procrastinating, you know, spending, drinking, whatever. But your protector parts will, can also make you very sick so that you stay in bed away from the world that may feel threatening to your, to your protector parts. I believe that my firefighter was trying to give me signs that I was in a relationship that wasn't healthy. And it did this by essentially punishing me. And your, and your protector parts do do this, guys. Your firefighter parts do have the control to do this. They, they can starve you. They can make you say, they can make you feel like mm, there's a part of you. Mind you, this is a part of you. This isn't self. We shouldn't eat. This makes, your firefighters can make people anorexic, bulimic. Um, it can cause people to cut themselves. It can cause people to um, get very sick, get autoimmune diseases, get fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, p- neck pain, allergies, back pain, head pains, migraines, any type of muscular ache, nerve issues, things like this. Our firefighters have control of our internal system and it can do this to us. Again, stay curious around this, guys. And it's in an attempt to give you a physical manifestation to show you there's something going on. There's an issue. There's a dysregulation in, the, in, the, in, our, in your world. And it's going to give you the symptom in some way. It's trying to get your attention. And it'll, it'll show up in some way. For me, it was, no, I'm taking away your desire to eat. And guys, what happens when you don't eat? What, what happens to the body? I lose energy. I lose strength. I lose muscle mass. I can die if I was crazy enough to starve myself enough, right? If my body, if my firefighter was that intense to get my, to get my attention, to take away my ability to eat or right. Or my desire to eat. And I would notice that I wasn't having an appetite. And I remember thinking, I need to eat, but I have no, but a part of me, mind you, a part of me had no appetite, had no desire to eat. I don't, I wasn't hungry. Even if I got food out, I would eat a little bit and be like, this doesn't, I'm not hungry. I don't have this desire to eat. So, um, knowing enough about internal systems, I was aware of it, but just not think I was in kind of in denial about it. And so I would go, I was like, well, I'm eating a little bit while I'm drinking water. I'm drinking coffee. I do have toast here and there. Like, but I did notice like I just wasn't eating at my normal appetite. And it was 
I remember those that time that I was with this particular person, it, there was so much anxiety in my system, so much worry, so much fear, so much insecurity, so much, there was no safety in my existence and it was manifesting in my food or lack of appetite, a lack of desire to eat food. Could this be happening in your life somewhere? Ask yourself, could your firefighter part be trying to get your attention to the point of making you eat a lot, making you have a lot of muscle pain, making you have a lot of allergies and fibromyalgia and headaches or migraines or stomach issues, or it really manifests in a lot of different ways. Notice Notice when, when you're in fear, how your body goes into like, it can like cramp up or you get that quote unquote nervous tummy, get diarrhea. You want to go to the bathroom a lot. This is, this is what happens when we're in that dorsal vagal state or that sympathetic fear state. We have to eliminate our bodies don't have, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? it manifests in our gut, right? That gut brain, that gut mind connection that there is out there, right? You guys know you guys have heard of it and it really does, um, stress really affects the gut. And so that's one of the main things that, that people complain about when they have a lot of anxiety and stress. Like I heard a gastrointestinal doctor say one time, if everybody learned how to regulate their emotions or heal their, heal their traumas and heal all their fearful wounded parts, 75% of my business would be gone. Because most of what he deals with is ish, gut issues that are manifesting. And some are like legit gut issues, right? Like neurological, physical things, but most are stress. And we tend to think that it's like, oh, it's this, this GI pain. It's this, it's that. But it's a lot of it is mostly stress. And he's like, if people learned how to manage their stuff, they wouldn't have gut issues, right? So consider this for yourself. And when I was doing work this weekend... What's really great when I was doing this psyche work, um, this deep, integrated, advanced, subconscious work, this, this healing work, I've been getting so many thought downloads, so much knowledge, so many intuitive hits of like where people, certain relationships aren't healthy for me, certain uh, just things that have happened in the past and really giving me like optimal information about it so that I can integrate a lot of these new things that have happened with me, right? So many of these new beliefs. One of the beliefs that I worked on is that I trust my past experiences to give me the knowledge and intuition that I need to tap into now. So it's not a coincidence that I'm having all these like thought downloads about things. And then I really want to share with you guys because I really want to be an example of what's possible for healing for trauma for all the tools that are available to you and knowing your internal systems and what's going on in your internal life is so important to understand your external results and why things aren't looking or feeling the way they pop you probably want them to be so for me what I noticed with my appetite was guess what happened guys guess what happened when I stopped dating this person I'm gonna give you a second to consider it (laughs) My appetite came back and I don't think this is a coincidence. Do you think that my protector and wounded parts were like, oh, thank you. Like, oh my God, he's not in our life anymore. We feel safe now. Okay, good. Okay, we're gonna, we can eat again. It's safe to eat again. No, it's not a coincidence. It's a complete manifestation. And I 100% believe that this is the case for me. This is what happens for a lot of you. And we tend there I've seen people who've been raped and gained 50 pounds. I've seen people who've been betrayed and cheated on and gained 50 pounds or 20, 30, 40 pounds. I've seen people who have been sexually abused and they've ever since then they've been obese or overweight their the rest of their life. It's it's a it's a physical manifestation of an internal issue. It's could you be overeating? to deal with the emotional dysregulation, to be coping with the pain that you're dealing with. For me, I wasn't eating because I had so much anxiety. It took away my physical desire to eat. I had such a nervous anxiety, stress and worry constantly that I couldn't, I did, I couldn't eat, right? I didn't have the capacity. I didn't have the hunger. It took away my hunger. As soon as that was gone from my life, 
my hunger came back. I probably gained five pounds since then, and I but I feel and look great. Like five pounds didn't make that big of a difference on my body, thank God. But I feel great. I'm eating breakfast. I'm eating lunch. I'm snacking all day. I'm doing. I'm back to normal to my normal eating and my appetite. I do not think it's a coincidence. Consider where this could be happening for you guys. Okay, so this is what our internal system will oftentimes do in in your life. And what I want to offer is it plays out in different ways, okay? It's not just a physical manifestation. It shows up in your money. It shows up in your work. It shows up in your confidence levels. It shows up in your relationships. Are you having a dysregulated, unpleasant experience in your relationships or quality of relationships because you're choosing unhealthy partners because of your limiting beliefs that your trauma has caused? You don't believe that. You're worthy of anything better than what you have. So you stay in this relationship and the, the having the bad relationship in your life, guys, is a manifestation of an internal wound. You wouldn't have probably p- chosen this person or kept this person in your life or stayed with them because if, if, if you healed that past and addressed the wounding and addressed the emotional dysregulation that comes from it and reparented and really cared for that, that wound... So that you can believe in yourself that you are worthy and lovable and capable and beautiful and valuable and enough so that you can now have a different external reality of choosing healthy partners. It's all tied together, my friends. It's all tied together. I want to give you another example that I think is a really great analogy, but still a physical manifestation of unhealed wounds okay so I recently got my hair done by my wonderful friend Susie you guys know her she's one of the members of the straight up sisters podcast and she does amazing hair so I spent a lot of money on extensions and color and cut and all this great and I'm so happy with my hair but here's what I want to offer before that I was experiencing it almost seemed as though my hair was getting fucking shorter Normally my hair grows very, very long. Okay. My hair grows long and it grows very fast. And I just normally just cut my hair. Like, I mean, it just grows very fast. Like I take vitamins or even if I'm not, it just grows very fast. And I was having almost the backwards effect. I was like, why the fuck does my hair look like it's shrinking? Like it's getting shorter. And I realized, oh, I was having a ton of breakage in my hair. And the breakage was happening because I wasn't tending to myself. I wasn't getting the haircuts that I needed. I kept on putting this off. I kept on saying, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. So guess what was happening? My fucking hair was getting shorter. It was breaking off. I would see it everywhere on the floor of my bathroom, my sink, my shower. You guys, if you're a woman, you've experienced this. And here's what I want to offer about that. And it seems like a really simple analogy, but I promise you it's deeper than that. Consider where when you aren't dealing with unhealed wounds with emotional wounds in your internal system how those can be creating um i don't want to say a breaking but a shortening and an um, inability to really get to the level of growth that you could be getting in your life why are you feeling worse in your life? Why are things breaking? Why are systems, why are your relationships not as healthy? Why is your emotional health not as healthy? Why is it not at its optimal level? If anything, it feels like it's like getting worse and worse and worse. I feel like the breaking of my hair was such a great analogy to show me where, and and I want to offer this for you too, just in general, right? Like it was a physical manifestation of my in internal belief to believe that I deserved to stop, love myself, fucking go get a haircut, go get the hair, my like my hair dyed and have a proper, giving myself proper time and care that I needed to care for myself. Like, okay, what's, what's, what's a haircut? A couple 30, 50, hundred bucks. I don't know how everyone's where, where they get their haircut and the price is different, but why the F wasn't I taking the time to love myself enough to do that for myself? I'll tell you why I was so engrossed in my business and thinking about other people that I wasn't taking the time to care for myself. My hair, it's just my hair. It doesn't matter. 
I'll take care of it later. Like, it's just going to grow. It'll be fine. Like, I'm dying my roots. Like, my ganas aren't showing. That's enough, right? My gray hair isn't showing. That's enough. No, guess what was happening? My hair started getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And I was thinking, how the fuck much shorter is my hair going to get? This is so crazy. It was breaking, breaking every single day, every time I would brush it. And I I started to freak out. And, and I'm so glad I met Susie and Raquel this past summer because I was like, oh, you do hair? Jesus. I, and because my both of my hairstylists just didn't have room or like they didn't have capacity to fit me in. So I actually needed to find a new hairstylist. But I wasn't, again, taking the time to to look for one. I could have easily like Googled it, went on Yelp, right? But I wasn't. And so when I met Susie, I was like, Get, let's set an, we set an appointment very quickly after I met her. And then, and guess what now? Let me give you the results. Other, not only is my, do I have extensions, right? I added the link, but I paid for that. But still, it was still such an investment, guys. Like it was, I spent thousand, like over $1,000 on my hair. I'll tell you, okay? The extensions alone were very, very pricey. And because um, it's real hair, it's like really great quality. That alone was a, almost $1,000 in just my hair. And then it, I had to get pay for the labor and the time and the color and all the things that she does, right? So I spent a pretty penny. I'd never done that before. I'd, I'd always thought that investing in my hair was like this like crazy, only like selfish people spent that much time in their, or money in their hair. And it's interesting, I had two clients who have really beautiful hair extensions. And I was like, your hair looks so good. What, what do you do to your hair? And they both sit, were like, oh, I have extensions. and But I pay this much, I pay that much. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I thought, why why would they do it? Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I allow myself to do it? I have more than enough money to spend on myself that way. But I wasn't doing it. I wasn't investing in myself, right? So look what was happening. My hair was getting worse and worse and worse to the point where if I would have continued to like let it go... I would have fucking had short ass hair. And what I could have thought was, oh, no, it's my hair. It just isn't growing. It's, it's, my, it's, it's my hair. Like that's the issue. But I knew better. I knew that it wasn't the roots. That wasn't the problem. Like it wasn't that my hair wasn't growing. It was growing. It was doing its thing. But the ends, like the, the ends weren't healthy. And so they kept breaking every time I would use them. I mean, brush them, Right. So I think it's such a great analogy when it comes to your life itself. Where externally is your life giving you examples that things aren't working, right? And do you tend to think that it's the external thing? Like it's, they're the problem. You know, my job's the problem. My, my coworkers are the problem. My managers are the problem. And listen, again, sometimes that is the issue. I could have had like an, a vitamin deficiency, something that was causing my hair to grow, not grow. Mm-mm, guys, my hair was growing. I had roots. My hair was growing, but it was showing me, my life was showing me the, the breakage, right? Was showing me that, that this was breaking, that things weren't working, right? Where in your life is, are you having this quality, these, or not high quality experiences because of an an internal issue, a belief issue around yourself. My hair was breaking because I didn't see myself as valuable enough or worthy enough or could take the time to give to myself. Instead, I was just pouring into others and not filling up my own fucking cup. And it was literally showing in my hair. That's not healthy. I was taking vitamins. Yeah, I'm taking vitamins. And we think that that's still that that's going to help. And it may have, it was, look at my hair was growing and growing, but no matter what I was doing, I was, it was still breaking off. It still wasn't showing like it was growing because those pieces were unhealthy. Where do you need to invest in yourself and hire that therapist, right? Hire this healer person, coach like me, that's going to help you get to the root issue of the, of your traumas, of your unhealed wounds, of your attachment injuries that are going to address the limiting beliefs that are, cre- those, my friends, are typically the issue. That's the fucking issue. The belief systems, what, what you believe is what you're going to receive in your life. And I want to offer that whatever's showing up in your life physically is a physical manifestation of your internal issues. And it's typically a belief issue. I was choosing a relationship, a situation that wasn't healthy and it was showing up in my body. I was losing weight. I was probably losing muscle. I was probably like, it's so crazy. This happened in my previous relationship too. Like I remember 
like I was losing my butt muscle. I usually have like, I, I'm pretty, I have a pretty good butt. I know that sounds crazy, but I really, I usually like muscular wise, I have a nice butt. And I noticed last year, like I was losing it, but because I wasn't eating right, I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. And now I was like showing up in my hair, right. Or my appetite and things like that. So I'm so glad that I know these things about the, my internal system, my beliefs and how it's, it shows up in our lives. And I was able to say, damn, that relationship was literally not healthy for me, both mentally, psychologically, emotionally, physically. And it was, I was, I had proof of it. Where do you have proof, physical proof of an unhealthy experience in your life? Where are you have, where is it showing up for you? Are you not generating the money, the sales that you norm that you know that you can in your business because of some deeper wounds that you need to tend to, that you need to heal, that you need to address? Where are the qualities and yeah, the high quality and safety in your relationships and the love that you should be feeling, but maybe you're not because you're keep on choosing and allowing these partners to stay in your life daily and expose yourself to unhealthy boundaries or not loving yourself enough to let go of some of these people. And it's causing emotional pain, right? Emotional dysregulation, emotional poverty. Consider where you're allowing this stuff. I want to offer guys where there's dysregulation, there is dis-ease. There is un, there's, there's no wellness there. There isn't health and it shows up in your physical life. It's showing up in the quality of your relationships, the safety in your relationships, the quality of your health in your body, the quality of your relationship with money, your ability to earn, your ability to keep, your ability to spend, your ability to manage, your ability to be in abundance, your ability to have, look in the mirror and say, I love that person so much. I want to give her and him or him everything that he or she needs or they need. Sorry, I'm working on pronouns. Rebecca would be proud of me right now for catching that. Um, And consider that. Where is it showing up? Your internal system is beyond amazing and healthy and smart. And it's going to show you, it's always going to show you where there's, where there isn't regulated energy where there isn't fully functioning healthy energy okay notice where it's showing up but for me guys it was showing up in my in my appetite in my health in my body and this has been very common in my life if I look back to how I've how I've how my weight and how it's it's fluctuated like when I was in my marriage I did the opposite I gained weight and it was that was again a dysregulation right I gained like 30 pounds I was at my heaviest I've ever been or almost, yeah, 30 pounds. Yeah. Almost 40. And it was the heaviest I've ever been. I was overeating. I was over drinking. I was over everything to deal with this anxiety and stress that I had in that marriage and that relationship. And now it was quite the opposite. I was dealing with my inability to eat. My firefighter was like, no bitch, Mm -mm, you don't need to eat today. The hell, right? Consider that for yourself. And this is very, it may feel like far-fetched, like, what is she talking about? But I promise you, my friends, this is, this is what our bodies do. They're beautiful. They're smart and they'll do anything to protect us from threat and danger. And it's going to show up in some way. So ask yourself why that's happening and ask yourself why you're not getting the help and, and loving yourself enough or deeming yourself as valuable or worthy enough to invest in your health to heal these parts of you that need healing in order to grow. Your, if your child came to you and said I, they have a big cut in their hand, would you just like, and it's bleeding profusely and it's just open, would you just be like, no, it's okay, just, just sit there, it's okay. You would take care of them. You would take them to the hospital. You, they would get stitches. They would get bandages. They would get treatment for it right? If someone broke a bone, you would do that for them. Why would you do it for your partners, your friends, your kids, and you won't do it for yourself? 
emotional wounds need to be tended to. They need to be addressed. Just because you can't see an emotional wound doesn't mean it's not bleeding and it doesn't need care. You deserve it. And this may be the sign that you need to hear. I'm just so passionate about this. Like, We put ourselves in the back burner so much. And you deserve to care for yourself. Like you love yourself and take the time to see where and acknowledge, like don't bullshit yourself to think that like it's just going to go away. Wounds don't heal with time, my friends. They just get worse. Time does not heal wounds. It makes them worse. You just have more chances and opportunities to re-injure yourself, to re-traumatize yourself if you don't tend to it. You deserve it. You are worthy of it. I don't care what anybody's ever told you. I don't care what the what your traumatized, w- wounded parts say about you. You, I'm telling you that you deserve to heal and you deserve to invest in yourself to address those things, to give yourself the best opportunity to reach its highest and fullest potential. You deserve it. And I think you needed to hear that today. And I pray that it, this falls on, on your ears and in your heart the way that I'm intending it for, for it to. And um, yeah, that's what I'm going to leave you with today. I hope this was helpful. Have a great week. I'll see you next month.